Welcome to Midnight Waves, episode 45 for Monday, July 13th, 2020. My name is Chris. And my name is John. This week on the show, we finally get to our top 10 albums of 1983. And I guess we'll do all the latest news and all that kind of shit too. Yeah. the show oh yeah and indeed. uh thanks for joining us again that was of course uh, maniac by uh, michael michael knight no <laughs> who was it if only michael Simbello. was it okay and of course most famously from the flesh dance soundtrack yeah which of course was released in 1983 certainly was this week finally after weeks of procrastinating <laughs> Since there were no big albums that we really wanted to review, I mean, the new My Morning Jacket album kind of popped out, and I guess we could have done that. And uh, But we decided we'd just focus on 1983 this week. Yeah. Get and, it done uh, properly, see how it goes down. If, if yeah. you, In fact, Indeed. if you guys are joining us for the first time, we have this feature since the show began, basically. We where started we, in 19... 19- we did 1950s we, we kind of like a, did a top 10 of the 50s is, right. as a whole because was 60 to 61 64 we i think we did something like 61 64 just just because those years had yeah. so much sort of like i don't know it was like a, a lot of really inaccessible stuff and like and film soundtracks oh yeah like, yeah like a lot of scores were like the I mean, biggest albums, albums weren't really a thing not really a lot right. of singles and yeah. obviously in the 50s and, and compilations of singles were yeah. not a thing back then but. so we kind of skipped ahead to the point of the Beatles I guess yeah <laughs> kind of made albums like a, an important thing that's right and so since I guess 65 mm-hmm. we've done yeah. every year that's right and if you're interested you know, certainly go back listen through our old episodes because it's, like it's like the second half of it of the episodes right that's right that so was the thing usually so. it was a special feature yeah. we were doing it every week for a while it was killing us <laughs> yeah it was really hard <laughs> yeah there's a lot of research in this yes it really is really damaging my quality of life so we start breaking <laughs> yeah. it up a little bit more sporadically but well, we thought this week would be a good chance to uh, kind of focus on it. Yeah. For our new listeners, we get new listeners all the time. Indeed. Audience getting bigger and bigger. You guys might not actually listen through all those episodes to to get to those features. So, but don't forget we have the timestamps in the episode. That's right. So you so can always find, to find that stuff. Yeah, yeah. In the descriptions. Anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. But of course. As well, always, got to yeah. see what's going on in the news this oh, we're getting, week. Oh, okie dokie. And, yep. uh, well, let's... Get that the old poke. Yep, let's see what's going on. Uh, probably not a lot. 
Uh, Wait a minute, I guess there's more protesting or anti-Trump stuff. I'm sure there's plenty of that. Let's see. Marlowe, quality control rapper, shot dead. Wait, quality control. Oh, that's the name of the group? Do you? I am assuming that's Mm. the case. I've (laughs) never heard quality control. Um, Atlanta rapper Marlowe, 20, oh no, 30 years old, sorry. (laughs) Shot dead. Well. Yeah. Well. Another one bites That's the dust. Okay. Yeah, 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 certainly does. Rest in paradise, as they say, Marlo. Um, yeah, don't know what else to say about that. Kanye West shared a new song, Donda. <laughs> Jarvis Cocker thing. In tribute <laughs> to his late mother, which I listened to earlier. was actually surprisingly nice. Um, I guess he posted on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I assume it's not going to be on his next album, but... Kind of wish it was in a way because it sounded more like real Kanye. Right. But yeah. Um, hey, Jarvis Cox is famous kind of like pornography. Speaking of Jarvis Cocker. I thought you said the latter. Yeah. I was <laughs> shocked to notice that Pulp's first album came out in 1983. Oh, wasn't it even before that? Oh, no, it had an EP before that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think so. They, they, he's they been were around. around for, how old is Jarvis Cocker? <laughs> he must be pushing, must be in his 60s. Pushing seventy, I'm I'm really I was really surprised, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, He's obviously when when I was a teenager, when we were teenagers, pulp were gigantic. He's what fifty six? Surely not. That's young, isn't it? Doesn't you know? Honestly, thought he was that would have have made him (laughs) twenty though. So okay, I guess more or less nineteen twenty. I guess it could have sworn he was in his sixties. But I mean, I don't know. Like he was like a. Hot shit when like oh, I was yeah. like 16, 17 oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever. He was, he was very big. And his stupid little thin, dancey body. Yeah. Well, I say stupid, but I didn't like the way he danced. No. Nah. I mean, they, they had a couple of songs I thought were kind of fun, but I was never a pulp fan. No, no, it wasn't. Common People is any song I think I liked at the beginning. I, I heard I like it every Common day. People at first, and then it was Just like one of those songs you literally couldn't escape from. Yeah. And, like, it, I, I, to me, it was like okay, it's that's kind of alright. And then they had that song, "Sorted for Ease and Whiz," and it's just like, oh, how much can you like pander to the youth movement? Yeah, like oh, everyone's doing drugs at festivals, man, and I'm a young hip guy too, man. Even though he must have been. Fair age at that point. Oh yeah, like mi- at least mid to late thirties at that point. Definitely. Like, calm down, Gramps. <laughs> <laughs> but he's young. He's still younger than I thought, considering they've been around since the early eighties. Well, yeah. But anyway, yeah. whatever. Um. <laughs> yeah. Drawvis. I mean, all of that. Jeff's Cocker reveals fame didn't satisfy him. Claims it reminded him of pornography. Well, luckily that fame dried up. Pretty yep. quick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Is there, there's nah. nothing going oh, on no. in the world, is no, there? There's I mean, absolutely yeah. nothing. No Creed surprise, from right? The Office shares a new song. I mean, what the fuck? What is happening? Yeah, that's that's a pretty sad, uh, sad state of music news for this week, especially when we kind of needed it. Oh, Jay-Z, Young, uh, sorry, Yo Gotti and Team Rock File lawsuit over Mississippi prison conditions. <laughs> Why is this? Because all their, their friends are there. 
Well, is it possible to file a lawsuit over something that doesn't concern you? I don't know. I wonder. Like, can I? I don't know, can I file a lawsuit over like, like the yeah. stink somewhere in Tokyo? Like it's <laughs> so, kind yeah. of offensive to yeah. me when I go there. If you guess you got the money, you can. You mm. can do anything. Jay Z, the billionaire. Is he a billionaire? His wife is. No, he's yeah. richer than she is. But oh, okay. I think combined, they're like a. They have like a billion. Yeah. Between them. Anyway, fuck yeah. this though. Yeah, it's rubbish. Let's get <laughs> let's, into some music. Let's get straight into it then. <laughs> but I was thinking before we do, yeah. I got some pretty interesting facts for this year. Well, that sounds some, some uh, great. significant. One particular significant thing that really started in this year. Do you know what that is? Um, Something to do with the medium of music. Is this the first year the CD came out? It is. Wow. So, I mean, it, it was invented or it started in Japan, right? In yeah. The previous yeah. year. And in America, uh, CDs went on sale on March 2nd of 1983. Damn. So, this was the beginning of uh, com- so it, uh, digital mu- music, I guess. So Compact hmm. discs, yeah. Which album was the first CD release? Wasn't it Brothers in... No, Brothers in Arms. It might have been later. Brothers in Arms. Well, but that was next year. Oh, no, year, but that couldn't have been then, no. But was... Did, yeah. did CDs release as a pre-recorded format yet? Or... I, I, I don't mean, know. it could be that you could buy them, but hmm. you had no use for them, I guess. Let's have a quick... Okay. Yeah. ba da ba da Must Sorry. Be... Put you on the spot there. Well, no, I mean, it's right. I could have, could have looked this up. <laughs> well, it's too much about the history. I think Wikipedia, like, you start looking it up and it's just too much information yeah, to quickly find something. Mr. Google can tell us. Okay, the first... The first... Wait a minute. The first 50 titles released in Japan on 1st of October, 92. The very first which, of which was a re-release of the Billy Joe album, 52nd Street. Oh, yeah. So I guess technically the, uh, that's the first one. Yeah, that is interesting. And... Uh, Actually, apparently the first... Com- oh, your information might be a little bit off there. This is Wikipedia. I know, but it does say 1982. <laughs> That's what I said. Oh. So, oh, wait a minute. No. Oh, sorry, no. I know. I misunderstood. What I originally said is wrong, yeah. Okay. It was invented in 1982. The okay. first CD released in the West, I guess, was 83, March, ah, okay. March 2nd. But okay. yeah, Japan had yeah the first music released. Chopin. Okay. Chopin Waltz's, the first commercial compact disc. Yeah. Wow. And apparently this whole thing, this whole event was the called UK was the Dice Big Bang. Streets. It was called the Big Bang. This, wow. that, the, the start of CD, you know, um, seen as a kind of digital audio revolution. Mm. Yeah, Brothers in Arms, right? In the UK in 1985. So, wow. What? CDs. We were two years behind? Apparently so. I mean, that was common then, though. Even video games used to come, like... The, the Super Famicom, the Super Nintendo, came out like two years after Japan. Oh, right. And that's another thing, actually. So, yes, this is the years the Mario Brothers, oh, yes, the Nintendo, the really NES, hit, hit, yeah. um, picked up, got big, you know, got big. And, uh, yeah. There was, a, there was another thing. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm sure there was some. But that's, there's that's, things unrelated to music as well. That's so weird. Though. Yeah, 
CDs were around that long, honestly. But it's um, just the beginning of Microsoft Windows as well. I know you hate Windows, but 1983 yeah. was the first Windows operating system. Wow. Just to put everything in perspective. It's quite interesting. The one that the Bill Gates stole from <laughs> exactly. Steve Jobs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 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 This Funny is how, this is how also, life works, though. It's also the beginning of AIDS. Oh. A lot, a lot to In a way, well, research, you know. <laughs> a lot of great Lovely things time. happened in 1983. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, like that. Was the Cold War thing? I guess the Cold uh, actually, War. Actually, interesting. The first CD ever released in the United States was Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. What a what a good one to, yeah. to release it on. To release. Which came out, the CD came out in 1984. Okay. So they were a year ahead of the UK. Weird times. Weird this, times how the world was so disconnected then. This, uh, compared to nowadays. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah, sure. It's unthinkable that the PlayStation 5 could come out two years later in the UK, right? Or yeah. like a year later in the US. It's impossible. That's right. Maybe a week later. <laughs> That's yeah. about the best you're getting. There was another thing, a money-related thing on uh, August 20th of this year. Rolling Stones signed a new $28 million contract with CBS Records. That was the largest recording contract in history up to that time. But you think about the Rolling Stones, what were they going to do? What great albums were they releasing at this point? <laughs> it is weird, eh? $28 million. Well, that'd be at least double that in today's money. It though. is so bizarre, though, right? Mm. And yeah, I mean, if you'd adjust for inflation, Maybe that's about $800 million. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, Probably. I'm exaggerating. But... Yeah. but like the value of the dollar, the way it's changed. Oh, like, that's right. I mean, I, I read something that like when in the 80s, like mm-hmm. even like the New Zealand dollar against the yen was something like one, like 100 yen. Sorry, like one New Zealand dollar would get you about 8,000 yen or something. Oh, back really? Then. Like the yen was so worthless that if you came here with any money, you'd basically be a billionaire. Right, wow. <laughs> like, That's crazy. You, you would just be rich in Japanese terms. So right. Probably why so many foreigners jumped over here with very little in their pockets and That's right. started That's establishing things here quite simply, quite easily. Yeah. So we really missed out on the We did the, the, the 80s bubble. What was they call <laughs> yeah. it, right? Was that the bubble? Just, that's I mean, that the was the word they had for it here, was, right? Yeah, was the that, bubble economy. Yeah, I mean, bubble economy. Yeah. Worldwide? worldwide I mean, that, that's I what they call I mean, it is that's a when, worldwide you know, term. But that's why Japan cocaine was so big, right? Like a, <laughs> Everyone's <yeah>. smoking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Well. But, I mean, also this year, just... We, we, I guess we were talking about this before, off, you know, previously, off mic, but... A lot of great music singles, right? A lot of good songs. This definitely, I think, was... I mean, there's obviously been great singles before this. Oh, but sure. This is the first year where I felt like singles far exceeded mm-hmm. the albums. Yeah. Yeah, like, the quality of the albums. Yeah. Are on, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was sort of saying to you earlier, like, I feel like this was the genesis for whoever invented No, That's What I Call Music. Oh, those, those, those collections, compilations, of, yeah. of singles, where they're yeah. like two cassettes. I used whatever. to love those when I was a I kid. I used to love them too. And I, You'd find a, out about A lot of stuff that I, a lot yeah. of songs I love that I vaguely in my mind 
feel like oh yeah i love that i love that band when i was a kid or whatever but actually it's probably just like i love that song because of now that's what i call music that's right like volume it's almost like artists wrote songs just to put on those compilations i mean it really was a massive singles driven market from this point on Mm. to Mm. probably the early 90s i guess Mm. yeah i guess I mean, CDs would, didn't pick up pick up straight away, Not did they? I mean, people were still buying tapes, weren't they, vinyl? I mean, I definitely... I bought cassette tapes in the 80s. Me I think. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some vinyl, because I did have a record. I like to buy singles. I never bought oh, okay. albums on vinyl for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I remember buying, like, I think the last single I bought on vinyl was Smooth Criminal. <laughs> wow, that's sweet, though. What a song. Yeah. That was 87? Wait a minute. Ooh. I'll have to look that up. 88. I don't know. Mm. Something yeah. around that, yeah. Yeah. The first CD I ever bought, I believe, was Alana. Uh, no, sorry. Alana Miles' <laughs> is uh, Alanis Morissette. Alana Miles' Black Velvet. <laughs> oh, single. that's a good one. Isn't I it? think it was the first CD I that's ever amazing. bought. That's amazing. Wow. So, good choice. I guess. <laughs> but I also remember the first time I ever bought I, like an album. I already owned on CD and it felt kind of insane. And I remember my ah, my dad okay. saying to me, like, what a waste of money. As if, like, we're going to be listening to cassettes forever yeah. or something. Sure. I'd like to compare now. I don't remember, really. Apart from, like, the tape getting coming out and getting stuck and shit. I don't remember the quality difference back then. Well, I just, they'd get worn out, right? Well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I know that. But, but, like, I'd need to do a comparison now. But it was fun to listen in the car. That's right. You know, you have to and making making cassettes for your mates and stuff. Well, and that's thing, like making mixtapes and stuff. That was was, great. I mean, I had a fr- even in the in the nineties when like all those bands we really love. Like I had a friend who owned didn't have a CD player still. So every CD mm. I got, I had to like make him like a oh, cassette okay. copy of it. All, right. all like never mind ten supernova all that he just had copies of them on cassettes. He didn't oh, have a CD player, so. Wow. And in his house, we would just listen to them on cassette, which is kind of crazy now. Yeah. And some albums would not fit on a cassette, so I had to choose which song to cut off. So that's, that's the thing, that <laughs> exactly. And before CDs came on, we would never really skip tracks, would we? No, we were like fast That's the thing, you, you basically you couldn't, listen. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, but it would be if you such... Held, exactly. held the play and fast forward at the same time, you could hear it like faster. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why people didn't give a shit as much. Like, yeah. there's so many albums with just tons of filler in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Do you think it's just because it's impossible? For, it's like, not impossible, but it's just such a pain in the ass to actually skip to the next song. Yeah. They, so knew, they knew they could get away them. with it. Entrap yeah, them, yeah. Right? Entrapment. <laughs> it, it basically <laughs> Musical was, entrapment. You know? yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I remember so many albums listening where you just feel like, like you just be, you wouldn't even be listening to it, and then a song you like came on. It's like oh, like That's suddenly true. you pay attention again. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just background noise until yeah. like that song came on or whatever. Yeah, We're on yeah CD, digital music changed skip, that, skip, didn't it? Skip, there you skip. go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all that said, oh, I think yeah. we should start getting into 1983. Great. And um, is it your turn? Might as well be. All right. Let's start afresh then. <laughs> Might as well be. Forgotten, so. Let's start again, right? So, my number 10. Wow, it's been a well while since we did this. 
My number 10 is Robert Plant's The Principle of Moments. We might have to, we're going to have to table that. I thought we might do. Okay, I'm going to, okay, I was thinking of changing it, but oh, fuck, I'll just leave it as is. <laughs> so my number 10 is The Replacement's Hootenanny. Hootenanny, well, we're going to have to table that one too. Are we? All right. All right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> this is not, it's not very, very fun for our listeners, not is it? Not starting off great, is it? Sorry, guys. All right, my number nine is Social Distortions, Mommy's well, Little Monster. That's not on mine. All so. right, let's give something from that. The old book. Nice. Was moral threat <laughs> from Mommy's Little Monster by Social Distortion. Awesome, it's a great, tra- their, great their track. Their debut album. I'd never heard of these guys I, until we started this project. Yeah, um, they're actually our friend Craig. This is his favorite band of all time. I thought that was Queen. That's that more song? recently. More of a daughter-related love, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, they are sort of like. I don't know if they were the the first example of that kind of California sort of pop punk sort of thing that spawned Green Day and Offspring and Blink-182 uh, and okay. everything. But to me, it's at least based on this, it's certainly better than most of what came after it. Mm. And they're definitely musically more um, capable than a lot of those bands, I think. I don't know. I, I just... It wasn't like something I was expecting to be on my list. I listened to it once. I listened. And then that song there kind of caught my attention. I listened to it again and I put it on my list. I took it off the list and I listened to it again. I thought, actually, I really kind of really like that album. It's And also, I, of course, it was the, the title track was actually in the original Tony Hawk's Underground game, which I remember. Was from it? That. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Then. That's a good that's a good thing to yeah, so, mention. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a cool album for sure. Yeah, I liked it too. I just, I guess I didn't come back to it or give it another, give it another chance. So it kind of went under the radar again, I guess. But it's one of the better ones of of that sort of air genre or style of music, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, very cool. So that's. Uh, I mean, it's certainly not like a great album, but it. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Good enough. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the story of 1983 for me. Okay. Good enough. It's good enough then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough, yeah. So, that was my number nine. So. What's your number nine? Mine is 
journey with Frontiers. Thank you. That was uh, the first track on Journey's, I believe, eighth eighth studio album. That's called uh, Separate Ways, Brackets, Worlds Apart. I think, wasn't this song like used in like, wrestling and video games and hundreds of TV shows? I mean, it totally sounds like oh, it, it should would have, be a, should a be. wrestling theme song right? in the 80s, it's for so sure. Awesome. That's one of my favorite Journey songs. Yeah, I, I would I yeah. have to agree. And this also has... It was used like... in the movie Vision Quest, too, which is kind oh, of okay. a classic movie about about amateur wrestling. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It just fits. It's almost like they wrote this for, for wrestling. <laughs> or something to come on the stage like, was look at me! It could be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this album, album oh, also it has... Uh, it's got Faithfully on here. It's got Send Down My Love, which I was really like. It's pretty solid, really. And I know one thing I don't get, I don't get about Journey and, and, and the people who reviewed them is somebody's scores are like two or, you know, three Deep stars or something. there from the village I, voice. I, I mean, I guess you could say it's still a bit, it's a bit cheesy at this point. Maybe it's too commercial. But at that commercial. point, was it cheesy? But no, you compare it to the other stuff we've been listening to this year. I mean, this is way, like, way above it. I mean... Like there's some synths, but it's they use well. I just they've think always used that synth. era. Like all mainstream mm. rock was cheesy yep. and, and it's easy top. Obviously, like everything was, it all was. I don't think there was any mainstream rock that wasn't cheesy. Right, right. At this point, like this is certainly no cheesier than anything else. That's true. And this was their most successful album in the UK. It got to like number six on the charts. Oh, I think obviously in America it was huge. Yeah, yeah. it is weird how like. They were never really popular in the UK. It's mostly the States and uh, Japan. That is a weird thing. Mm. Right? But I, st- I still think they're over uh, underrated as a band, uh, just generally. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... A lot of people don't know about them. They're a great them. band, but... Yeah. I, yeah, that, that's another thing, though, where I think... And, and even, I suppose, up to the 90s, in a way, with the, the Britpop movement or mm. a lot of... A lot of sort of, I guess, how America had like the massive country and Western scene then. Yeah. Nowadays, I feel like music is so, I don't really know what's happening in the UK, to be honest, but I, I still feel like whoever's massive is generally massive everywhere. 
to some degree. I mean, it's yeah. like in Japan, everyone knows who Drake is, but I'm sure plenty of people know who Drake is still. Sure. Um, I'm sure in the UK, Drake is gigantic, but yeah, like for so many years, it was like after the 60s and 70s where everyone seemed to be kind of this on the same page. The 80s and 90s seemed very separate culturally. Oh, yeah. Between the UK and the, the US. That's, that's right. Yeah, sure. Sure. And I, I really wonder why, what happened there. Yeah. I don't know. It's odd, isn't it? Yeah. Like what, what caused that sort of cultural like separation where... Because like, like you said, you know, I, I remember Journey from Things. I, I remember Journey being a big band, but obviously like people in the UK generally probably have no idea about Journey. Yeah. But everyone knows Don't Stop Believing. I mean, I assume karaoke so, favorite. Right? There's only one criticism I have of this band. Yeah. It's their album covers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is that? It's like a futuristic skull. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I that is terrible. And this is also basically the end of their run, I think, of albums. After this, I mean, it's the like, last one Steve I Perry have. left, or I don't know what yeah. happened, but replaced by that bloody uh, Filipino. <laughs> much later, but... I know, much, much later. <laughs> yeah, 30 <laughs> years later. But. Yeah. And this is basically the end of it. I mean, it had like, like a, you know, like a live album and like some greatest hits and this and that. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's definitely the last one I have. But. Yeah. But there we go. Yeah. That's my number nine. Nice. Yeah. So, my number eight is Minor Threats Out of Step. Oh, right. <laughs> so, I, let's, okay. Oh, Can shit. I listen to that? Did not mean to do that. Okay, sorry, little technical issue there, folks. Thought we Bear lost with me. We lost the uh, the whole thing there. That's the word. Should really save this while I'm here. Yeah. Anyway, minor threat. All right. Step album by Minor Threat. I think they're one and only full album. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, the singer there is Ian McKay, who would go on to much greater things with Fugazi, a band I absolutely love. And Sue, that's kind of a big part of why it's here, I guess. But mm. it is a very important album in terms of progressing punk rock into a more technical direction i guess and sort of definitely uh, sounds more technical yeah like expanding upon that and then 
like you know the the amount of inf- like yes yeah, so the nineties skate punk and thrash right. metal and grunge and post hardcore. I, I see a lot of skateboarders like lo- loving this. Yeah, kind of I mean, stuff. I certainly did when back then. What? So you're saying this was the only album they had? They had like a couple of EPs, EPs, and yeah. then this is their their one studio album. It's bizarre. Though. How does how would that how they just not have any more music? I mean, something I mean, he, happened. They, they, or, I mean, he went off and made or? Fugazi, so. Oh, I see. Another band, and I see, I see. And uh, yeah, I mean, Ian McKay is a a real legend who certainly will be heard many more times in upcoming lists with Fugazi, at least from me. Yeah, but I mean, you can see this fact website put that number seven, the hundred best albums of the nineteen eighties, which is wow, quite a placement. Pitchfork put a number 100 in their top 100 albums of the 80s. All right. So it's... Uh, I have to, go, have to go back to that, I think. It, it's definitely... I, I wouldn't say like there's a ton of standout songs like, oh, this one is great, this song is great, mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's a really fun listen. And, it's nice uh, and short as well. I like it that. It is a quick album. And uh, Ian McKay is always one of the more intelligent people in music, I think. And uh, yeah, lyrically, very good. So there you go. Cool. So that was my number eight. Yeah. So my number eight. I'm guessing it's not on your list, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. see. <laughs> uh, Brian Eno's Apollo Atmospheres and Soundtracks. Didn't. Oh, I did listen to it a little bit. Yeah. But no, it is not on my list. Yeah, yeah. It was pleasant though. Let's pop on uh, one of those okay. tracks. So, there we go. Very ambient, of course, in a very Brian Eno-esque. Yes. This is a, <laughs> this is quite an interesting album, really. Um, it was um, written, produced, and performed by Brian Eno and his brother Roger Eno, and the Canadian producer Daniel uh, Lanoy, who's worked with tons of people like Bob Dylan, obviously Eno. Anyway, he's a pretty pretty incredible guy himself. But yeah, this is um. This is really interesting, really. Like, I've always known this particular it's theme. Canadian probably Lanois, I guess. Is it Lanois? Okay. 
Surrey Lenoir. Probably. So, <laughs> depends where he's from. I'm from Canada, I guess. No? Oh. Very French name, though. All right. Anyway, sorry. What was I saying? I've forgotten now. Um, Canadian guy worked with Bob Dylan. No, after that. Stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I'd only known that one track we heard there, that theme. Um, what was it called now? Ooh, just a minute. Got to find the track listing again. Uh, an Ending, Ascent. So this music was originally written for a feature-length documentary movie called Apollo. I was going to say it late like it would fit that. into like First Man. Yeah, but it's late. this was later retitled for All Mankind. So obviously the music yeah fits into that. You know that setting, that you know the space exploration, whatever, and um, it's really it's really really beautiful, really relaxing music. Like the first half sounds kind of like that. The second half has this lovely guitar, warm guitar sound in it, mm. almost like you got like a kind of a Hawaiian kind of vibe mixed with a kind of sci-fi ambient kind of thing, and it's really really pleasant. So well, actually one of my favorite Brian Eno albums as well. So. That's why it's there. Nice. I, I did listen to it. I, I agree. I think it's really nice. I just, it's not something that I could really assess beyond that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. So, it, like, that kind of music, I can't really, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't mean this in, as insulting as it sounds. Like, I can't take it seriously in that sense because I think it just sounds good. But I don't know what it would sound like if it was bad, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like, like when Pitchfork reviews all that like sort of ambient sound collage albums, it's like this one's like seven out of four, and this one's ten out of ten best new music, and to me it's just the same thing. I don't know what the difference is. Like, I just don't understand it enough. Yeah, I just find this is much deeper than a lot of the sort of ambient music albums. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's lovely, but that's it's just that's all I could say about it yeah. in a way. But actually when I said Hawaiian that's really that was really a mistake I should have said country and western inspired oh, they got really? the, the steel guitar was what I was thinking oh, of. okay yes yeah, so uh, but yeah very anyway. very pleasant yeah okay so my number seven is David Bowie's Let's Dance oh we're going to have to table that okay yes definitely cool and my seven you've already tabled so let's give uh, Robert Plant's the principal moments of poke. Nice.
the marvelous Big Lug. Big Lug, of course, um, legitimately as one of the greatest things GTA Robert Five ever did. I on, think. Yeah, best song in GTA Five as well. Yes, that's how I learned of this. Learn about this. This song. is how we know about this song, right? Yeah. Which is crazy. It's crazy. And I remember the first time I noticed it in GTA after probably a couple of years of playing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember saying to you, "Doesn't this guy sound like Robert Plant?" <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. Like when he's singing? Yeah. Like a little bit like Robert Plant. Then we started looking up. It was like, oh, and that then, is Robert Plant. And then, yeah. It's got better and better, didn't it? I mean, it, it is an amazing song. I Apart think. from that and, uh, awful drum thing going on. Well, the drums that Phil Collins put down are a tad on the lazy side, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Bit of fake bass drum and a fake hand clap sound on the snare. <laughs> I wonder how much you got paid for that. Yeah. I hope they looped it and Phil didn't have to sit there for six minutes doing like the <laughs> dunk, dunk, ch, dunk, I imagine dunk, the live performances of it as well. It's yeah. Like, so, I'm done. <laughs> Just press a button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But yeah. Drums aside. But, but this is the, this one song is the main reason I put it in my top ten. I, I love mean, it me, that me, much. Me too. I was yeah. actually, I do not particularly love this album. I think there are other good songs on yeah. the album. Yeah, there's a few this, good songs. This is obviously one of my like, favorite uh, songs of the whole year. I always like Through the Two-Step and In the Mood. But. I think like In the Mood has some great guitar and stuff. I think yeah. the the atmosphere is nice. A bit simple on the lyrics, but whatever. I think some of these... Yeah, Through the through the Two-Step is a really good song too. Very bizarre song title though. Yeah. Not anybody's. Not as something. good as Jamaica or whatever. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't remember. That was a me. classic Robert Plant song title, wasn't it? Yeah. D Y E R. Jamaica. M. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Weirdly spelled. Anyway. But yeah, pretty um, good. Not a great album, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was trying to, I'll be honest, like, I was trying to replace it, even though Big Log is amazing. And. The only thing, because I, I, ideally I'd rather put on like fully great albums than albums, than flawed albums with great songs, like ideally. Sure, sure, sure. But ultimately, it's not a great year for albums, and I would have just been putting it on for albums with no songs that I love. Oh, yeah. Maybe slightly more consistent albums, but like with no greatness. So it was just like, what are you doing? Like, what's the point? At least, at least you love Big Log. Yeah. So it did stay on the list, but it was originally higher until I listened to it again and kind of reminded myself, you don't actually like some of these songs. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like I said, I always thought this was the superior album to Pictures at Eleven. Ah, probably yeah, yeah, so because of Big because Log. Because of Big Log, yeah. But in now in hindsight, it is clearly mm. far inferior pictures, as an album. Pictures at 11. Pictures at 11 good. is a great album. Mm. Yeah. So. We've still got a few, I'd say we've still got a few good Robert Plant albums to well, come. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, I well, don't loads, know loads this more, next yeah. one, Shaken and Stirred, to be honest. I don't think I... I, had, I, I don't know that. I don't know that album, but... But the one after that's good, Now and Zen. Now and Zen is good, yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't know about Manic Nirvana. That's a no idea. Pretty weird album name. I love Fate of Nations in '93. Well. But there's there's definitely some good stuff to come from here. I yeah. mean, it's it's kind of impressive. I think it for is, somebody come from a band I know. that big and that influential, and you still got 
all these songs coming. It's not like he's a mega star as far as mm. sales goes anymore, like mainstream recognition. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he consistently put out at least good albums and good music, and yeah. often very good music. Yeah, and he always had like good Jimmy. bands with him, different, different, different yeah. like arrangements and sounds and mixing up and the whole definitely time. sort of adapt like i said before with pictures at 11 i think that he at least was smart enough to adapt his vocals when he lost the power he had or the range he had when he was young yeah oh definitely yeah so it's uh yeah jimmy page really hasn't done mm. too much no. since zeppelin really right i mean not until they, the two of them joined up to do No Quarter. And there's No Quarter. And he session. did the album with David Coverdale that oh, has some, like, one great song on it. Yeah, some good songs on there. But not much. He though, did yeah. that song with Pete Diddy, that cover. <laughs> Maybe he was like a session guitarist in some other artist albums. I don't, I don't know. know, yeah. I have to but look that To me, Jimmy Page has like the aura of like sort of the creative force behind Led Zeppelin, but... I guess he wasn't really. They were all just equally important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was like the riff master, I guess. Of course, of course. But but like without as a, as a them, whole, yeah. Without them, that he's yeah. not the same. Yeah. And at least Plant is capable of writing some really good songs. That's true. With the right musicians, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yeah. I I I don't. I certainly don't dislike the album. And I'm glad it's there. Yeah, I'm glad Big Log is represented. Yeah, how Big Log. We got to play it. <laughs> what a funny song tit- tra- uh, it's title. A terrible game. song title for a great song. <laughs> it's nothing to do with turds, is it? Sadly not. <laughs> I really wish it was. I mean, that's, that was my initial <laughs> assumption, that it was uh, about a terrible experience that. Robert had in the toilet one morning. But... <laughs> It's all like sort of ambient and like atmosphere, you know, you know, like kind of chilled out. He's like, "This is all about my big log, boys, boys and girls." <laughs> what? Anyway, <laughs> so weird. That would be, be really satisfying. How to ruin your career? One song. <laughs> if it was like only hinting at it, if there was yeah. a lot of like subtle metaphor and. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> okay. Maybe it a retroactive so reason like for the, the truck driving. Yeah, the or truck driver's right? log, log book, right? Yeah. All right. Yes. So that was your number. That was my seven, seven right? Mm. So my number six is uh, the most commercial album on my list. And that is Lionel Richie's Can't Slow Down. Oh, let's uh, do that. Yeah. Fiesta 
A little song there called All Night Long. Yeah, never heard that one before. Really. <laughs> From, uh, I guess, one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Sold over 20 million copies. Damn. And uh, won the Grammy Award for Best Album, beating out Born in the USA and Purple Rain, which is a hell of an achievement. That's an achievement. hell of yeah. a legacy, I guess. It's a really good album. I mean, it, like... it's just sort of, I mean, it is sort of an album that I, I apparently grew up with because yeah. I knew every single song in this album. Yeah. So I guess my mom loved it. Uh, it just felt like every song is a single, basically. It was, the, f- in a way, the most consistent album I heard all week in that I don't think there's a single song that is less lesser or filler. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no... obviously better songs. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, all night long is great. I think "Hello" is an amazing ballad. I think it's a beautiful song, and mm. it was obviously a massive hit as well. And "Stuck on You" is a bit, even though it steals the guitar solo from uh, "Wonderful Tonight." <laughs> right, st- right, right. Really, yeah, I noticed that too. Still a really yeah. good song, and "Running with the Night" <laughs> and. I know it's it's a tight album with only eight tracks as well, and it's nice. That's nice. It's it's a classic all killer no filler kind of album, which it's surprising. Was that all night long? Six and a half minutes. I mean, it's that's a that's long, but that's it, a it works long so single well. as well, right? It really does not get boring. It gets no, better, I mean, I better. I think there's so much going on in there. Like there's yeah. like several like, like bridge yeah, sections yeah. or different like instrumental sections and. Mm. When it comes out, that final bridge, it's just glorious. It is. And that's yeah. literally one of my favorite songs of all time. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you can't hear that song without wanting to kind of dance to it, I think. Yeah. And it's certainly his career peak, I think, artistically and commercially. So there wasn't much more uh, coming out of uh, Lionel Richie's. I mean, there's like Say You, Say Me, and like maybe sort a couple of other songs, dancing on the ceiling yeah. and stuff. But right. for me, like, if you had, a, if I was making a best of Lionel Richie album, it would be this album with "Say You Say Me" <laughs> yeah. added as a bonus track. Basically, uh, yeah, we we both got that like thirty or forty track. Yeah, which best is of Lionel just Richie. shit. It's, it's garbage, not, honestly. It's not, not necessary. I, I know there's like a couple of Commodores songs that are good or whatever, That's true. but not that many. I don't think they had any really. I think I've put that on like tw- once or once, twice at like most since I bought it. Yeah. Listening in the car once on a long drive, I was like this crap <laughs> what, have skip everything. <laughs> what have i done i got through it all the way once just to say i did i was like pissed by the end of it <laughs> rip the cd out <laughs> yeah that's definitely not one to get a best of what so artist because of that best of yeah i was not expecting anything from this so much i just wanted to hear hello yeah. and all night long hadn't heard those songs for a while i was really surprised how much I like this album. How how many of the songs are kind it's of single so, worthy? It's so well produced and yeah. so nice to so enjoyable to listen to. Definitely the most commercial album on my list, but yeah. 
with uh, with good reason. Oh I yeah, think. yeah. Kind of kind of thinking I, that should be in my list now. What could I have bumped off after all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's your number six? Well, this is one that uh, I disregarded straight away because okay. it's basically because I don't like the second half of it that much, but. I had another listen to it, and I was like, this has got to go in my top ten. Okay. And that is U2's War. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's give something a listen. Then. Day, obviously which is legitimately i think one of the, probably the five greatest u2 songs yeah i yeah i reckon it is and i mean clearly one like i mean easily in fact it it's it might even be in my top three u2 songs i'd have to think about things but yeah it's, it's a great track for sure and, and I yeah. think Sunday Bloody Sunday is a great song too, oh, still. Yeah. Also, one of the greatest intros as well, the, the sort of military uh, drum drumming at the beginning. But yeah, I mean, this is obviously like U2's more po- first like real political kind of album, isn't it? It's talking about war the whole like, through half of these songs. And it's trying mm. to, Bono's coming out, isn't he? And as you would say, probably start to become really annoying. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I think Bono has... You're not a Bono fan. I, I think Bono's <laughs> voice is one of the greatest voices ever. His singing voice. Yeah. I just wish some a different personality possessed the voice. So a different head, a different body, a different body. brain could have <laughs> yeah. those vocal cords, basically. Yeah, oh, he's a great singer for sure. I mean, he's, he's an amazing. I, I think he's one of the greatest singers ever. Yeah. If I was thinking like perfect voices to have, he would legitimately be in like my top ten contenders. I think. Okay. But i think the worst thing with bono obviously is his jesus complex and his incredible self-worth <laughs> he does like himself yeah. like he really thinks he's like a messiah who's here to save the world and tell everyone how everything is yeah and he comes off as such a dickhead almost all the time i just just sing songs like this bro <laughs> like with or without you just sing that oh there you go that's one of the top like, fives like, like just a one just sing it yeah. don't need to start doing a spoken word piece in the middle like 
Isn't that just the live shows you. he was doing? Did now? I bug you? Or a couple of songs he did, yeah, like on the albums too. Like that. Like, yeah. It's just like, calm down. Yeah. But this, this, but this album anyway. Um, just um, I think it's kind of top heavy. I really do prefer the first half. It gets a bit. Mm, I lose interest a bit always towards the second half of the album. But like Sunday Bloody Sunday, New Year's Day, like a song. I always love Drowning Man as well to close off the mm. the first half. But that's basically why it's here because some of the the best tracks yeah. and uh, I really love them I, mean, I think it's a good album I mean at first you were like mm. shitting on it and I was thinking well it's a good album it's, it's just, just cuz it's like you get a great song and an average song and a great song and an average but song but I think that's the unfortunately for me like I don't think U2 has a single great album even the albums that are even the Joshua great, Tree I think that's the closest thing well, maybe but there's un- still songs fire. on that album where mm. I'm just like don't need this song doesn't mean anything to me whatsoever i don't think they have a perfect album i would never give any of their albums even a 4.5 out of 5 percy oh, four, four out of okay. five maximum for me i give Unfer- unforgettable fire a uh 4.5 and joshua tree what's on joshua tree again is anything bad really on it i'm not saying there's bad songs one tree they're, hill maybe they're, yeah. they're just like that they're, they're always songs for me on youtube albums where i just don't care where about the streets them. have no name amazing some amazing songs but no perfect albums for me personally there's always like their lesser songs their filler songs oh, yeah, as yeah. it were are truly filler to me actually the second half of joshua tree's got a few average tracks on it yeah like is it trip through your wires yeah I mean, exit like these songs mean nothing mm. red hill mining town that's awesome red hill mining town is amazing right i agree but that's that's what it is to me. So yeah. even that album would be like a four point five. Actually, yeah, to... yeah, really, yeah. Despite like, the, the absolute yeah. great tracks, yeah, yeah. It, it's nowhere near the genuine like nineties classic rock album, like Unforgettable Fire, A Joshua Tree, or Siamese Dream. They're not even comparable. Oh, I agree. That's a good thing about doing these countdowns. It yeah, puts I mean, everything in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. What really is a classic or a great album? Like, if we were grading on a curve, if Siamese Dream is a 5, then that's like a 3.5. Obviously, a lot of albums we review would be like a 1. So, <laughs> But that's why we can't grade on a curve. That's right. So you've got to review every album as it has successful as its intentions, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think this is a good album. I, I, I like this album, way yeah. more than you did at first, and now I guess I like it less than you do now. But I still think it's a good album. Yeah. It's just, there are quite a few songs where it's like, well, you put that there because you needed enough songs. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Like, It just feels like when you've got New Year's Day and Sunday Bloody Sunday, some bands would be like, we need more songs like this, guys. Yeah. You two always think, in my opinion, yeah, yeah, these songs are awesome, so let's just fill it up with other shit, and it's good <laughs> enough, right? Yeah. Like, we don't need to, like, bust our asses making ten songs at this level. We've got three of them. We'll just fill it up with seven more whatevers. And that's always you 2 to me. Oh, okay. And that's why they'll never truly be a great band to mm. me. Just a band a capable point. of great songs. That's a fair point. Yeah. Lazy band, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean... songwriting was Just lacking in, what's the word, scope? Or lacking in great know. tracks? But no, but that's not true as well. They've got, amongst all the, well, throughout the career, they've got loads of classic yes. tracks, but no albums with 
loads of like filled up wall with wall great albums none but maybe it's like for the artists like you said they don't need to do that they're, they're lazy or they're content with a few good well, tracks that's what I mean so and that's that, the point that's of what the, separates maybe that's the point of an album uh, fundamentally you have a I few good tracks and some other I strongly disagree no 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 it's not, it's not quite, <laughs> I'm not quite saying it right what I'm saying is for the artist to be successful to have a you know, career make money they just need a few good tracks some other stuff I mean, and that they, they're them... doing the bare minimum yes, that, right. to well, be that's, a huge that's, band. I that's, get what, it. that's what separates amazing artists from good artists. Well, right? that's what separates artists from commercial juggernauts. Okay. Corporate machines. Yeah. And that's what U2 is to me, a corporate machine. It yeah. is not a... I mean, I stopped, it is not art. It is a corporation. Definitely. Like I stopped listening to them after Zeropa. Zeropa? I think Zeropa's unbearably it's not awful. very good is it oh but actually, i ended up did i end up buying pop or listening to pop oh remember. that's even worse that's bad but just shit i the last thing for me is Actum actum baby, baby which yeah. has some of their best songs and then just yeah. a bunch of whatever yeah <laughs> i like that that song that was the itunes commercial for a while uh hello hello Vertigo, that was it. Okay. Vertigo. I like that song, Vertigo. But, yeah. I mean, for the biggest band in the world for so many years, they've put out three, four albums of pure garbage in a row, back to back, with years in between. Yeah. Years in between, and still can't cobble together a handful of decent songs anymore. So, yeah. Not a big fan of you two overall, despite owning like several albums. Yeah. But again, <laughs> I do think it is a good album. Definitely this U two is way better than nowadays U two. Like oh, yeah. light oh, years yeah. apart. And New Year's yeah. Day is legitimately one of their best songs. Yeah. And one of the best songs of this year in a year with great songs. So oh, yeah. very right. No arguments on that pick. Let's uh, let's we move on. So my number five is the replacements. Hootenanny. All right, let's get let's do that. Let's that, do was it. My, that was my ten. That's right. My ten. Yep. Placements there. First led by Paul Westerberg. Yeah. Um, it's their second album, isn't it? We missed the previous one, 82. Yeah, unfortunately, over, very good. overlooked 1982's album, yeah. um, which sucks because I really didn't want to do that. Yeah, I'd never heard of these guys. Obviously, no Paul Westerberg, but like. 
no idea the name the replacements I mean this is a band I, I was always aware of yeah. from sort of like the 90s sort of punk and grunge mm. alternative bands always kind of mentioned the replacements as being like a big thing and that's I guess why Paul Westerberg ended up on the single soundtrack yeah yeah yeah, yeah. doing a couple of very poppy songs very poppy <laughs> yeah. yeah um it was not like it was a band I'd heard something of before when I was younger and didn't really it was just not really for me then I guess mm. but now apparently it is <laughs> and, uh, a very interesting album isn't I, it? I think it's it's a really fun album it's this, fun yeah that's it that's one of the, the best things about it. it's fun there's so much variety on it it has in like musical styles I think like the sense of humor here is mm. so 90s actually like a lot of the way those bands were kind of fuck around on stage I remember like seeing Nirvana playing like more than a feeling oh really Boston song because sure. it's basically the same chords as it smells like teen spirit okay so they just start playing more than a feeling once and like and it was just it it feels like that sense of just like making fun of shit and not being not taking everything yeah. so serious like Mr. Whirly here is credited as mostly stolen because it's basically a Beatles <laughs> yeah it starts with strawberry fields and becomes a parody of oh darling right so that's funny you know there's a lot of like weird rock and roll like takes here like the first yeah, track yeah, yeah. the title track that's is like right. a kind of piss take of like old rock and roll in a way and mm. But there's a lot of depth here too. I think I think willpower is like very a good. very nineties kind of mm, almost really almost dark, be like a Soundgarden song in a way. Like I mean, I guess that's like you're saying. They, a lot of those artists later were influenced by the replacement for, for sure. Yeah, alternative rock scene. So it's very cool. And uh, yeah, I, I just I, I listened to it quite a bit, and I, I really really liked it. Yeah, it, it was like a breath of fresh air, and it felt like like a good decade ahead of yeah yeah of its time might have another one of those coming up soon and my list like yeah i mean that, that <laughs> but, i i will say i was gonna probably should say it later but i'll say it now as i started <laughs> this year if anything has made me aware that if i was a teenager like 10 years earlier I would have followed the exact same path of the kind of music that I looked for and sought oh, out okay. and rejected the mainstream. And there's plenty of mainstream music I do like from this year. But when I was a kid, I, I think if I was a teenager then, I wouldn't have. And it was kind of the same way in the 90s. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's it would have definitely been bands like The Replacements and some bands that are going to come up. And of course, rather, um, rather than say uh, Paul Young or uh, Eurythmics or it, oh God, the Eurythmics, fucking awful. Like, yeah, awful. albums are very the odd, aren't they? Terrible. Some great tracks, but again, like, a couple of great tracks. Just like that, that album, Sweet Dreams, which I know the title yeah. track is a great is that song. The first one or the second one? I think, I think Sweet but, yeah. Dreams is the first one. Yeah. The first three songs are abysmal. Yeah. abysmal I couldn't even get through the. I couldn't even get to the title track I just was like fuck this garbage how was this a big band like what the hell was wrong with you people listening to this shit but I mean yeah different tastes eh <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean it's trash yeah well uh, I mean there's plenty of albums that are not trash 
So I don't know. I, I just think it's awful. I remember my parents listening to the Eurythmics and outside a couple of songs just thinking I guess it's we, awful we probably were listening we but... probably were listening to greatest hits more than anything else back then. I guess my dad like so, always yeah. got like the best best of mm-hmm. artists. So. I, I... Maybe he was on the same page as us. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, maybe so. I, I, but but I, I lot, guess I yeah. definitely would have followed the same, the more alternative, alternative punk, post-punk, non-mainstream, kind of, right? definitely. Because mm. this music is, to me, it sounds so much more current than anything else. So much more alive and, it's, and vital. Like you said, than, it's more depth threat. It's more like you would definitely come back to us and find something new with it each time as I well. Mean, the, like the, the music the, grows on you, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, there, there are several albums from this year that mm. I own, and I don't think they're bad albums or anything. I think they're good. They're, yeah. They have great songs. But to compare them to something like this, you just hear how fake it sounds and how calculated and, mm. like, soulless so much of the music was and it doesn't it it left comparing it directly and listening to so much music i really felt like oh maybe it's because and you've said this before like having music lots of keyboards and synth you can't really you find it more like manufactured and fake compared to like you know these guys playing all the instruments themselves you know i mean it's a different different vibe isn't part of it like some of the sound but it's just like you when you can hear like songs of being like just workshop to death so that they're optimally commercial Mm. and optimal like profitable in a way like like where You've got focus groups coming and listening to every song. I like uh, and make Michael Jackson Thriller, right? Like Thriller or not this year, but Def Leppard's... Um, Pyro? Hi, 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 hysteria? His hysteria album hysteria, yeah. was one of the most focus grouped oh, albums was of all it? time. Was that uh, next year? Possibly. Was it before I, Pyromania? It, no, it's after Pyromania. Oh, it's after Pyromania. Oh, I see. And there's some really good songs on the album, to be honest, but... It is like I, I just feel like so much rock music then was stripped of any legitimate feeling. Mm. It was so the image. True. Like we got long hair, we got guitars, we got tight spandex pants or whatever. Like you compare it to our appetite for. Well, that's a bit late, isn't it? But I mean, well, yeah. that's what we're saying with appetite for destruction last, week, last week. To me, it broke that mold. It was mm. the first album that made it possible like to a be real, angry. A big, fu- a big fuck you yeah. to the co- commercial groups, right? To to, to just shake up the Wait, system a bit, and, and <laughs> probably uncredited yeah. for how much it opened the doors for the likes of Nirvana or yeah, yeah, yeah. Pearl Jam or oh, whatever yeah. to take it that step further, definitely, and not look like they were going to a magazine photo shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they did anything. Yeah. Anyway, I, I do really like this album and uh Same. We'll really be looking forward to more replacements. Cool. As the years go on. So that was your five? That was my five. So mine is Kill 'em All by Metallica. Have to table that one a bit. Okay. Uh my number four. We will not be tabling a can already tell is the Violet Femmes. I oh, sorry, Violent Femmes with their self-titled album Violet Femmes. All right. Yep. Why can't I get just one kiss? Why can't I get just one kiss? Maybe some things I wouldn't. 
and I need a kiss. Why can't I get just one screw? Why can't I get just one screw? Believe me, I know what to do, but something won't let me make love to you. But just one day after day, I get angry, and I will say that the day is in my sight when I take a bow and say goodnight. So, added up there by the Violent Femmes. It's the most famous song off that album. Yeah. The only song I remember hearing as a kid. Um, yeah, I, I know you were saying like you don't really get the album or whatever. I guess I just got it. I don't know. I really, I really liked it. I think it's really interesting and raw, and there's like a lot of really interesting songwriting on it. And I love that it is not that like overproduced, fucking shiny, sheeny, crystal clear kind of fake shit we were just talking about i love that it's so real yeah and just so much more interesting and i think you can hear again a lot of influence for a lot of like artists to come in the way he sings and and uh yeah i don't know i i just really i think i'm definitely gonna try it again i i only listened to it once like three or four four or five weeks ago actually yeah and i just never came back to it because i don't know I definitely like that song. Add it up. Add it up, yeah. But I don't know what it was. Just something, something didn't click at that time. Mm. Mm. Was that their first album, by the way? Yeah, yeah, that was. The first so, I mean, he was. He wrote these songs when he was in high school as well. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah. And yeah, actually, weird. Actually, somehow, nineteen ninety one, it it got to one hundred and seventy one on the Billboard charts, which is kind How of weird. Bizarre. Almost ten years later. That's odd. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so this reputation is massive. Yeah, so that's true. I would, I would definitely recommend at least giving it another try. Oh yeah, but um, I liked it a lot, and definitely was it was a bit of a bit of a breath of fresh air for me in a year where I was not really feeling whole albums from a lot of mm. the bigger acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so cool. That is uh, that was my number four. So my four, yeah, yep. Uh, Tears for fears, the hurting. All right, let's give something from that a listen. Yeah. No expression, no 
so obviously that was a mad world as you heard at the end there <laughs> repeated several times and uh, I think this was actually a single from the previous year and ended up on the on the debut debut album yeah the, this is so uh, the hurting and um, yeah I mean I've always been a really a Tears for Fears fan so this is obviously going to end up on my list and um didn't like this album that much until sort of more recently yeah. and found like each song has a lot of depth to it really and um, it's all kind of bleak a lot of the songs are kind of bleak mm. and depressing but um, I like that and uh, yeah it's just really really nice compositions really nice melodies here and there there might be one song I don't like I think it was like watch me what was it watch me bleed or suffer the children but anyway, yeah, just, um, yeah, really like this album. Pale, Pale Shelter is really good. The Hurting, the title track I like. Uh, Change is pretty good. Um, yeah, so that's why it's there. Nice. They're, they're a weird band for me. I cannot get into them at all. I, I guess I never really liked them as a kid. Yeah. Even their big songs, like Everyone Wants to Rule the World or whatever. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And I've tried to get in these albums, and I, I I appreciate the the songwriting, I guess, but I just feel like their approach to their songs is just completely at odds with my sensibilities, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, so, and I can see that. So busy yeah. and so much noise and keyboards and shit going on. I, I feel like so many of these songs would be more my thing if they were just way simpler. But yeah, yeah. That's cool though. I I wish I could get it. I just just can't. Yeah, yeah. So, not a big fan of his voice either. I know he's not always the singer, but for some reason he was usually the singer for the big songs, the big singles. They, uh, they kind of share the. Uh, he's like the. Just a I forgot his name. Yeah, no, Ro- I, I, I should Roland, is it? Uh, you've got um. Just a second. Let's see here. Why doesn't it say the name of the artist in the bloody review? Ah, Roland Orzabel. Yeah. I assume he's the, he writes the songs. Well, so he's the main. I mean, I think they, they shared that, though. I don't think he, I don't even know if he was, though, was he? But from what I was reading, the two guys, the two main guys it. kind of split. Uh, Kurt both. Smith, yeah. Kurt Smith, yeah. He's the, ba- he's the usually backing vocals and the bass player. Yeah. So I, but I guess Kurt Smith sang a lot of songs, though. Yeah, that. Right, but the one with short, uh, short to him. kind of sang this, the big hits. Uh, he's something about his voice is not doesn't R- sit R- right Roland, with me. Roland's voice, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Just not, not like it's bad. It's just not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, that was so, your number of four. four. So my oh. number three is Metallica's Kill 'Em All. Oh, I think we'll be doing that together then. Yep.
uh, whiplash there. Kill them all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the, the sort good. of official birth of thrash metal, even though there's some... Some uh, opinion that I think like Wasp or someone had a thrash metal song before that. Saxon? Wasp? Saxon, oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. But this was pretty yeah. much the first album that really made that a genre. And mm. even even their contemporaries like Slayer and Anthrax say this album influenced them, even though they were like doing the same thing at the same time. Like, right, right. It, it was just a. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, listen to James Harefield play the guitar. It's, it's amazing, just, isn't it? It's insane. His his like picking and accuracy and his speed. accuracy is I I truly believe the greatest of all time as guitar playing goes. His yeah. his ability to just play perfectly in time without ever making a mistake is unparalleled. I believe, mm. and could legitimately be the grace certainly rhythm guitarist of all time yeah and i think even lars like i don't know the drum sounds so much better on this album i think lars like you can hear lars is actually a pretty good drummer oh yeah <laughs> when, yeah when definitely. the drums are recorded properly and yeah. they don't sound like he's playing in two tin cans definitely like sounds but, awesome on this yeah and it, yeah, it's yeah, just you know yeah. cliff burns is such a fucking yeah. amazing yeah. bass as well like, he's like matching like Headfield like no for note on the bass like that's insane it, it really is incredible so the speed of them and accuracy I said the accuracy yeah it's it's such a fucking great album it just kicks ass doesn't it really it yeah. blows everything away I mean it really. really was a game changer as well <laughs> yeah. and, and even again even though this kind of music is not mainstream anymore like I know Metallic is still huge, but you know there's there's no new. It's not like Mastodon are huge, even though they should be. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. somehow this, even though it was like recorded very cheaply and it's not yep. like really well recorded or anything, somehow it doesn't feel old at all. Like I, mm. I almost can't believe it's 1983 when I listen to it. It's so different again from the mainstream rock and oh, metal yeah. of the era that. It must have been terrifying for anyone to hear it. When I was a, when I was a kid listening to this for the first time, I was terrified. Yeah. So, whoa, this shit's amazing. Yeah, like, I mean, I, 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 I felt like bad listening to it. It was so yeah, cool. The, this this yeah. album's kind of the reason why I own every Metallica album, even though I have no reason to. Do you have, like, loads? I have really, all of I ended, up, I ended have, up setting this because it's so I shit. I have literally <laughs> every Metallica studio For album. For me, it's on. like they were great up to the Black Album. I and think uh, I think um, Death Magnetic was a really good album. But actually, yeah, that that's good. That's good. And yeah. uh, what's the one? Yeah, I think there's still some other Hardwired to Hard, Hardwired. Yeah, that one's no. I oh, Hardwired to Self Destruct. It's pretty oh, good, isn't it? That's not bad. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good album too. Yeah, you're right. I think their last couple of albums are good. Um, I guess they're just a band to me that. I will always kind of love, even oh, yeah. even though they don't always deserve to be. But again, it, it's sort of like we were saying how Appetite for Destruction, even though it doesn't really get the credit for it, is sort of like that bridge between like hair metal and that corporate 
rock scene of the 80s and what was going to happen in the 90s alternative scene like yeah in a way this album is kind of part of that too like there's so much punk in this album there's there's so there's there's just as much like the misfits as there is iron maiden like it's it's such a between genres thing and he's still singing properly Whereas, like, Kerry King from Slayer would end up becoming more of, like, kind of thing. Right. Like, although, if that Slayer album from this year, he actually sounds quite a lot like James Heffield. And they're from the same town in California. So, I really wonder. More more than a coincidence. Yeah. Um, I I guess they were playing together or knew each other or whatever. But it, it really is sort of, like, amazing how... It is obviously metal, but it's not just metal. But a lot of it is like Iron Maiden on like like sped up tremendously. Yeah, like and Iron Maiden are pretty super fast supercharged Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's interesting. I, I mean, Iron Maiden's like a uh, uh, peace peace of mind. Is it yes. called? I really like that album. I like it too. And I, I mean, particularly some some of the, you know the better tracks like uh, the Trooper and stuff. Yeah, Die with your course. boots on, and but it's just like. This is more enjoyable in a way. I mean that that was that was the Don't thing know. for me. Why, even though I like I I really like Iron Maiden, I have that album and everything. It just it was even like it was the same thing with sort of like listening to like Def Leppard or whatever. It's like yeah. there's some great songs on, oh, yeah. on that. Like Photograph is a great sort of pop metal song, and yeah, there's there's some great mainstream songs or very good albums. But when you listen to this kind of thing it just makes it feel redundant mm. and and like just unnecessary it's all of a sudden like like grandpa music out of nowhere like it, it just changed the game completely and suddenly they were the best metal band in the world like yeah. in the like the next year or two oh yeah like i ride the lightning the next like, year an 86 with it master puppets i think yeah like so incredible within stuff. a couple of years it was like iron maiden were looking up to them and they were feuding with each other like oh, okay. it was the best band in the world oh, okay. and lars i think famously said we're better than iron maiden oh and, i see but he he was right <laughs> i mean they yeah. were <laughs> and within a couple of years it's kind of amazing it, it's a remarkable it their drive and focus is is really and obviously they're they're very much like the corporate machine type band that i was talking about too nowadays but yeah i saw an interview with james heffield where he said he basically quit playing football in high school to play guitar okay and he was playing with this group of guys and within a couple weeks he could play everything they could play and immediately he realized he needed to find better guitarists to get better so he just dumped the guys he was playing with and moved on to a new group of guys. And like, it comes off as like a dickhead kind of thing in a way. But he knew he had talent. But he knew like... He had things to do. Like, I'm like I'm going to be great. Yeah. And to be great, I need to actually... That's right. Like, make these hard decisions. And for a high school kid yeah. to have that kind of focus and drive is remarkable. And I think that kind of explains why he is James Hairfield. And why almost everyone else isn't. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know. No one has only one James. I mean, Hep- there's, tons, there's, only of, there's one tons of talented James people, Hepfield. but there's not many people who yeah. are the level of James Hetfield. That's true. Success wise, so. I mean, they 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 fucking slaughtered the eighties with this music. I mean, everything. It's it, fucking it's, amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, I think it's some one of the best. Well, I'm obviously best band, best metal band of that age, but just one of the best bands of the eighties. Full stop. Absolutely, and and <clears throat> I. I would say if there's any criticism of the album, it's like there's not a lot of variety. Ah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does get a bit numbing at times if you're not 100% into 45 minutes of just like mm. destroying everything metal. <laughs> yeah. But it is, I don't think there's a single bad song on the album either. It's explosive. <laughs> so Really big. great. Awesome so, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So... That was my number three. Was it? Oh, yeah. So my number three, you've already mentioned, uh, David Bowie's Let's Dance. Let's Dance. All right. Indeed. Let's do that. Love there, yeah. From Let's Dance by David Bowie. Is this One the of, end of uh, Bowie's run? His fourteen album. I mean, run? I think he um, he kind of self critiqued himself as this being like the the end of his uh, artistic phase. Fate, yeah, basically. But like so we were just saying off mic, like his maybe his most co- most commercial album. Certainly his biggest selling like, one. Biggest hits as well, right? Yeah. Modern Love, China Girl, and. Uh, Let's dance. Yeah. Let's dance was a huge hit, I think. Yeah, massive. So I mean, this album sold um, 10.7 million copies worldwide so far. Wowza! Lost the. <laughs> no, yowza! Sorry, yowza. Yes. <laughs> to quote Axel. Nominated for album of the year, the Grammys. Lost a Thriller, obviously. Yeah. Not going to beat that. Um, oh, nice, nice one. Nice pun there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nobody's beaten it. Well, you know. And uh, it was a big, big stepping stone for Stevie Ray Vaughan, too. Yeah, who... surprising. He's 
playing a guitar on every track. Yeah, I he's guess. playing all over this. I guess probably saw him at the uh, the uh, festival, the the Montreux Jazz Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowie yeah. had his influence is uh, immense. He said uh, he completely floored me. I probably hadn't been so gung ho about a guitar player since seeing Jeff Beck. Cool. And uh, oh. Steve Ray said, to tell you the truth, I was not very familiar with David's music. <laughs> I'm not surprised, <laughs> yeah. eh? Blues and stuff. Uh, and we talked for hours and hours. The thin and, duke. Uh, mm. I was amazed at how interested he was. <laughs> yeah, like, who's who's this, thin, this thin, lanky guy? Yeah. From from like, England? From England. Guys, who's this homosexual talking to me? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Speaking of Steve Ray Vaughan, he had obviously the album, his debut yeah, album. Texas Flood came out this year, which and, is an uh, album I really like. And, mm. and obviously Lenny is one of, is an amazing yeah. composition. Yeah. But, but it's like mm, top 10 albums. I mean, yeah. the, the, the it's thing... blues, like, isn't it? It's but, sort of... It's more it, like a it's, different, different it, category. It just really. is not... That kind of thing for me is something that I love as a guitarist, but I cannot consider it the same thing as contemporarily yeah. listening to music. I just yeah. can't. So I, I, I guess that there there would never be any primarily mm. instrumental guitarist that yeah, I would probably put, not put in this sort of category to compare with albums like yeah. this. Personally. Highly unlikely. Yeah. Even Personally. like Eric Johnson. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love, love Eric Johnson, but I, I'm fairly certain it would have to be a pretty sparse year for me yeah. to put any of his albums in a top ten list. But I guess we'll Even see. Even like Vi and uh, Satriani, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see, but yeah. I'd be very surprised and a little disappointed. Even <laughs> actually, true. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But anyway, that's obviously... Yeah, but I mean, Bowie, I I, I do album. think this is. I mean, yeah. Bo- Bowie himself was a bit critical of. What the the fallout? I guess his audience changed. Uh, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. The, "I I read something with him where he said he was looking at the crowds and he felt like they don't know any of his other albums. They don't I know any of his other that. songs. Yeah, yeah. And he just he um he kind of meant to make this like a one off the way he did Young Americans in kind of like a a Detroit soul kind of style. Oh, okay. another boy album that I kind of love more than." A lot of people do. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like just a, I'm going to do like a commercial kind of pop dance album kind of thing. But yeah. because it was so popular and he thought that's what people wanted, he ended up trying to recreate this for the next several years and just didn't, they kind of lost himself, I guess. So it's, uh, it, it's really interesting, I think. Because it is a great album, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Yeah, uh, I think so. Maybe, yeah. He says here, I remember looking out over these waves of people who were coming to hear this record played live and thinking, I wonder how many Velvet Underground albums these people have in their record collections. I suddenly felt very apart from my audience, and it was depressing because I didn't know what they wanted. Yeah, I After can imagine his follow-up that. albums tonight and Never Let Me Down were critically dismissed. Boy from the grunge precursor band Tin Machine in an oh. effort to regain his artistic vision. I remember Tin Machine oh, really? being a I didn't thing, but I remember not liking it at all as a teenager. Okay. So I'd be kind of curious to hear that now. That's that's cool. Yeah. We'll have to look, give that a poke later yeah. on. Right. So, so anyway, where are we up to then? Your number two, I believe. My number two is uh, "Over the Edge" by the Wipers. Well, so is mine. Nice. 
Let's uh, let's give the wipers a poke. So Young by The Wipers, led by Greg Sage, of course. And uh, these guys are unstoppable, man. Yeah, it's over three the just excellent albums. Three great albums that Greg Sage is just like light years ahead of his time. And I, I honestly, I truly feel if he was born 10 years later, he would have been a millionaire. Yeah, up there with Nirvana and Sound. I mean, he way. might never, never have cracked it in the way they did, but certainly so many of those bands like he he definitely could have been like one of the second tier type bands i think and Mm -hmm. maybe yeah maybe he would have even cracked it like that it's it's really unbelievable that this music is coming out of the earliest of 80s these albums this sounds so 80 81 83 whatever it is great riffs just Cool guitar and just I, I don't know singing the, the, too, the mood like the, melodies, the changes melodies everything. yeah, yeah. That, like that's like that song they're so young to me like the chorus and the riff like, it feels like something from In Utero by Nirvana like it's mm. and it's not just that song I mean you know like Doomtown the second track is amazing Over the Edge the title track is great Romeo's yeah. really fun I like No Once an Alien yeah No Generation no Gap No Generation mm. Gap is great it is this legitimately could have been my number one. Oh, same I, I was thinking I was really it. contemplating mm. it I think the more you listen to it the better it gets absolutely like you could... but I will say the first time I put it on I was like making lunch and I just put it on while in the kitchen while I was making lunch and when Doomtown and then So Young I was blo- legitimately blown away the only album I listened to for this whole list oh, okay where songs actually blew me away where I was like like I need to learn these songs or something like I want to play these songs myself they're the only only album that had those songs I mean, obviously I like when I was a kid, I learned a lot of those Metallica songs and stuff. Sure. 
but the the only album I didn't really know very well where it was like holy shit this is unbelievable and uh that's the wipers yeah, yeah. it definitely has that had that effect on me too just like this is so cool like you just start listening to it and you're like you know, humming the riffs in your head later on or yeah. just nice I woke up this morning yeah. with a chorus from so young playing in my head I didn't even listen to this album yesterday somehow it was just embedded in my brain when I woke up there you go so that's a sign of good music yeah, really, like really great. Please check out. The oh Lakers yeah, if yeah. You're... It's hard to get their music on the f- physical format, but you know, obviously on you can stream it. I guess it's all over streaming, and yeah, yeah. and they deserve a lot of credit. Just, at least those first three albums really deserve to be heard. Yeah, way, way more. Oh yeah. Anyway, that takes us to the obvious number one. I oh, guess. Oh, should we do the uh, the joint countdown? <laughs> like me sometimes well maybe it would right. be funny if we do it's not the same then. well I suppose so it could always be mine, mine is not Iron Maiden by the way no although all the other albums have been in my top tens yeah that was kind of interesting I did I was thinking, assume you I was thinking you'd think there. I'd put that in yeah there, I but did I just bumped it off at the end yeah just it's good but it's like I mean it's really yeah. good it just I kind of feel like by now it feels like kind of this the more of the same format. but yeah, less, yeah. like a bit less that's true and then we got so. these guys next who just bring this pretty great amazing well, album out really. again yeah. yeah like another band that sounds light years ahead of everyone else yeah in their own kind of like era yeah. their own sound I guess but anyway who would that be well obviously <laughs> we are talking about R.E.M. oh Oh yeah, Their Murmur perhaps. Full length album, <laughs> Murmur. Yes. Yes. Let's play something from that. Nice. It is. Of that is. That was. Talk about the passion. Yeah. What a bloody song. Great what an song album. From an excellent mm. album. This is actually one of always one of my favorite early REM albums for some reason. I mean, Document's fantastic. I think, I think it's most people's favorite really? early REM okay. album. Yeah. I've always scores. really enjoyed this. Oh yeah, <laughs> it deserves that. It's it's so good. Yeah. It. it I mean, I, I don't think it's perfect, but it's yeah. still. A tremendous album. There's just something about the sound. It's like it just like it's trapped in this particular era, this, this period of time. It's only REM are there in a way. I don't know. It's like timeless or something. It's a or? bit like the Go Go's too. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, because they sound like I am sound like the Go Go's. Yeah. But, but maybe it's the jangly guitars and the lovely bass yeah. lines, and Michael Stapp's got a lovely voice, obviously. Yeah, I mean, really, really great voice, mm. and um, I think for I think it, it's a it's not a strong year, eighty three. Yeah, as far as yeah, like having truly great albums goes but i think it's if if to one thing i could give the credit to 83 is that this year is probably a very influential year mm, and that sure when you think following this year like you see the cure move into like greatness mode we mm. see the smiths come in oh shit yeah that's true like and I think a big part of that is probably because of REM. Mm, I think so. And this album. Yeah. And and certainly with the Smiths, I think. Where, yeah, definitely. You know, Johnny Marr probably owes but an awful guitar, lot yeah. to Peter Buck as a guitarist. I think Johnny Marr is a, a much better guitarist. But mm. as far as style and, and what he did with the guitar, it, it definitely has some of that influence there. I'd be very surprised if they were not fans of R.E.M. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, yeah, there's probably quite a bit there with with Metallica and R.E.M. And, I mean, not the Wipers, because nobody gave a shit, unfortunately. That's, yeah, that's not a, a Not for another 10 years. But, you know, like, maybe the replacements, maybe the Violent Femmes. yeah. A lot of these bands that were actually doing something like a new underground in a way. Mm. In the most commercial decade, where so much of it was polished and fake and 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 perfectly pristine and platinum and to, processed to death. To death, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this was like the burgeoning start of a tremendous sort of underground scene that would mm. eventually result in the 90s alternative rock boom which REM were was also this the, part of the beginning of college rock would you say uh, certainly right I yeah. mean th when I was a, a kid this is what alternative rock was called it was called college rock and there was like REM and pavement and mm. dinosaur junior and, oh yeah and great stuff to come I mean you know yeah I guess we should sort of talk about our honourable mentions a little bit too. Yes. Um, from you know, this was the first year that Sonic Youth put out a full length. Did album. you listen to that? Of course. I mean, I own that how, album. How is it? I mean, it's 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 very like long form and and sure. the unstructured. And yeah. I, I think Thurston Moore's songs are good. And, and work as songs. There's still a lot of sort of tape collage stuff and okay. screaming and very, like, a lot of discordance. Yeah. I think for people who do not like Sonic Youth, it's would be the worst way to get into Sonic Youth. I like it. It all, I, I was really considering putting it on my list, but ultimately I had to accept that, you know, you got to go with songs sometimes more than feeling, but oh, yeah, yeah. I do think it's it, it's probably their worst, like certainly their early period. It's their worst album, but it is terrifyingly weird and original and yeah, 
like literally the antithesis of something like Def Leppard or Iron Maiden or whatever. There's I it, see. it's I think it's a very important album in that whoever liked it, it probably changed their lives because there's nothing like that before it. Right. So So that's an an honorable for you. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. kind of an honorable mention as just the the beginnings of a band that I I will going to love yeah and hearing them do something like that in the era where like thriller and right <laughs> all these all these albums are like so huge and so perfect it's it's kind of cool that there could be something you know in an era with no internet right that people were willing to make these whole music scenes that were just this like little pocket somewhere in like New York City or Los Angeles or or Athens, Georgia, like Ariel, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Portland, Oregon, like the Wipers in Washington D.C., like you know, Bad Brains and and um, oh, Line yeah. of Threat and Did Bad Brains had an album this year? No, no, no okay. last year. And like scream, oh, still and, screaming, yeah. That was that was an honourable for me. Yeah, so. I think that's a, that's a good that. album too. Obviously, Dave Grohl was in that band. How about uh, right? yeah, Dave Grohl and Dix? You try uh, Dix, of course. Kill from the heart. Yeah, I, I like I like Dix fun. quite a lot. And the Minutemen was good too. Minutemen, what makes a man start fires? Yes. And I did. I mentioned this before. I did end up well. Didn't even put Pink Floyd's the final cut on my list at all, but Actually, I did. Uh, yeah, I, I did that, enjoy. I do. I do like that album, yeah. but it's just not top ten material. For yeah, me. actually, I was <laughs> assuming that would be on your list as well. So that's kind and of Bob Dylan's Infidels, which is probably Actually, like his better album since certainly his, his best album since Good Era. Um, the Christian Blood trilogy. on the Tracks, I guess. Oh, Blood on the Tracks, yeah. Or Desire. Desire was after that. Maybe it was Desire. Desire was. After I think. That. Yeah. His, uh, desire, his yeah. best album yeah. since Desire and yeah. obviously nowhere near as good as Desire but yeah. still a very pleasant album Yeah, as a as a big Dylan fan I, I do not have that album but I could see owning yeah, that I, album I, I could yeah. actually yeah I did enjoy it and uh, Dio's uh, Holy Diver I believe Holy that's his Diver, first, right? first solo first I album also, as a solo artist I yeah I believe so I, I also really I like quite that. liked Husker Do's Everything Falls oh, that's, Apart that's, that's nice yeah it's fun uh, and I actually listened. I managed to find Daniel Do- Daniel Johnson's "Hi, How Are You," which you? is like a oh yeah, not an easy come up on. There's actually a couple of really kind of cool songs on that. I guess it's easy tops eliminate. I mean, it's very commercial, but like the first three or four tracks are excellent. Really, give me all you love in. Got me under pressure. Sharp dressed man and legs. But yeah, it's like yeah, I mean, there's some there's big a lot songs of cheesy there, of songs course. like TV dinners is awful towards mm. the end. And, Dirty dog and whatever, but I mean, there you know there are good. a lot of great songs. There you go. That's like right. Donna That's right. Donna Summers. She works hard for the money. Oh yeah. Like Madonna had like oh, you know Holiday Lucky Star and, and Borderline Star. and Holiday. That's great, but the album's just awful. It's just not a good album <laughs> at all. Uh, there's like the 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 New Order album, Power Corruption Lies, which is 
I think most lists would probably have the I album on there. I don't really get that. I, I like the first song a lot, but I, mm. to me it just gets worse and worse from that mm. point where yeah. I, I just could not get into it at all. I know the American edition had Blue Monday on, which would have helped, but mm. that version seems to have been scrapped, like scrubbed from existence now. Yeah. So. And Cindy Lauper's album, like, Obviously, the, yeah. the hit singles are on there, but I, I it, think right? it's a bit better than you said it was. But it's yeah. still just whatever. <laughs> I think I did. I shit over. It, I feel yeah. <laughs> that, was some, that was definitely some shit. Right? I mean, I, I to be honest, I didn't actually listen to the police's synchronicity. Oh, I do which... like synchronicity. The things about synchronicity is the second half's really good. I yeah. think it's uh, just a minute. Like it's very good, but the first half, like, what the fuck were they thinking? Just a second. Like it. And I mean, there really is some, there really is some great tracks on that album. Um, just a minute. Yeah, so it starts off with all these bizarre tracks, and then like Synchronicity Two comes in, which is excellent. Then Every Breath You Take, take obviously a great song. King of Pain and Rapture on Your Finger, and it's all good. But the first six tracks, or five tracks, just like what? Yeah. So why would you start with the trivia I feel like track? The police just couldn't put they together couldn't put an together. album for yeah. some reason. That's why the greatest hits works for them. So. <laughs> they definitely would. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of yeah. like Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil, actually. But oh, yeah, of course. I forgot about that one. And, like, there's the Pine Sisters, of course. There's some great songs yeah, there. And, yeah. Like, Billy Idol's album is a couple of really good songs. Ripple like, Yell's, Rebel Yell's Rebel great. Yell. I Rebel really like Yell. Eyes Without a Face. Okay. But even Ozzy's album, Bark at the Moon, is pretty solid. Ozzy. It's just <laughs> solid. Five out of five, enemy. <laughs> With, like, that's oh, 10 out of 10, sorry. 10 out of 10. The, the trouble with Aussie now is like yeah. the enemy is based, well, just nowadays Aussie has <laughs> ruined Aussie for me, so <laughs> yeah. I can barely listen to anything he did. No more Black Sabbath. Take him seriously. Black Sabbath, okay. Like, I mean, it, it is, but at the same time, like it's like a shadow hanging over, like, <laughs> remember me? <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'm still here. Sharon. I think it would do his career a lot of good if he just part disappeared. Yeah, the best uh, thing for Ozzy would yeah. be if he died in like 1987 or something. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Sorry, Ozzy. Not wishing death upon you now, just that you should have died before. I mean, there's no point dying now, so it doesn't matter, but yeah. <laughs> live forever if you want. You but commercially speaking. Stop making music. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, 20, mean. 30 years ago as well. Yeah. If you ever get a time machine, just go back and eliminate everything you did after 1983, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, whatever yeah. album Zach Arnold, uh, Zach, Zach Arnold, what the Zach fuck are we talking Wyatt? about? Wyatt? Zach Brown, sorry. Brown. Sorry. Whatever albums like Zach Brown was on, finish after those. There you go. Uh, anyway. I'm sure there's some other shit. I mean, there's other albums I listened to that got great reviews. I will say that about this this year. Looking through like the contemporary critics' reviews, or even po- like posthumous is not the word, like more like re-release re-reviews. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. current like some of these albums are getting crazy, like four fives, four and a half out of fives type scores. Like Aztec Cameras album, Cindy Lauper's album, Donna Summer, yeah. Summer's album. Like they're completely nothing albums like yeah what the fuck i, I don't get that <laughs> it's not like they they stink or anything but who's who's listening to these albums oh, five out of five four and a half out of five. like that's weird this so, i felt there was so many albums that when i was adding them to my list it's like oh these reviews are amazing i should listen to this right better add this 
And then it was just, oh. And then, like, the journey thing, you were saying, like, like D minus. <laughs> like, two out of five. That's bizarre. Like, is it really that, is it that much worse than this completely bland Aztec camera album, for example? Like, I understand what they were thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very everyone weird. hates critics, I guess. Yeah, so we can laugh at them. <laughs> so, that was 1983. Yeah, I guess we'll do 1984 next week. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I don't think we no, will. No, we won't, no, we won't. Um, but well, if actually, we, if it depends you, if there's nothing. Yeah. There's got to be something coming I mean, but, uh, but, yeah, I guess to our listeners, if you think we left anything out, please let, you know, drop us a line. Of course. Let us know. As always, if you definitely agree, like to try. disagree. Yeah. Then you know, let us know why we're wrong, <laughs> or what we forgot, <laughs> yeah, definitely, or any of that shit. Because we're open to it. We'd we like are. to know we if we miss very something. Very open-minded. If you, if you think we've completely glossed over something, as long as it's not Ozzy Osbourne or uh, I don't know something like that. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna work. So we're not reviewing the Dalai Lama next week. I, I mean, you can, okay. but I'll be sitting. That I'm one actually listening just to chill out when I'm when I'm when I'm working. Yeah. Obviously, it's not probably not going to be like life changing music. This reminds me of Twenty One Savage a bit <laughs> oh, with this yeah. delivery. Are we going to come in new albums next week? Oh, Executioner's Mask. No, no idea who that. It's an awesome name there. Executioner's mask. Ice. Um, the yeah, Who is spelled with an H U. Oh, Juice World has a posthumous <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> Jesus. Um, here we go. I don't recognize anything here. So, oh, the Midnight, but they're like Synthwave. The Midnight Monsters. Oh, yeah. I've already added that. Ooh, Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park has an album. Oh, great. <laughs> we should definitely give that a poke. I mean, I, with, I, with I, did, I did like some My Morning Jacket albums, so that's. I guess a possibility, but as it's kind of like the the leftovers of a previous album, I'm not that interested to be honest. Okay. Um, we may have to do 1985 next week. It's got to be some music. Is there anything we we haven't we forgot about before from before? Uh, I'm not sure. Why well, is nothing? Have we we've already reached the end of 2020? Like we've got. I mean, we had a great year. There's no doubt about that so far but I'm, like, I'm really not seeing think... anything that's stimulating my uh... BTS has got the digital re- release of Map of the Soul oh, so we, we re- shit over that re-review again? it should we shit over it again, <laughs> yeah, again. Like, what, what do we call it again hopefully shit has... can in part two yeah hopefully there's some bonus tracks to make it even longer this time oh Jesus so bad <laughs> philosophy shit <laughs> um, so July 17th oh actually it is the 13th today. It's actually Blue... This may... Blue in Exile is probably a, a good shout. Okay. As a, a pretty solid hip-hop album, I imagine. Ooh, Bush have a new album out. Jesus Bush. Christ. Oh, yeah. Everything Zen, right? That's right. Everything Zen. Nirvana yeah. copy. Nirvana wannabes. I did call it that song Machine Head, though. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. a solid song. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we'll. we'll I guess we'll see what's like, happening. Maybe it'll be something more obscure we can try. Uh, yeah. Oh. Shall we uh, 
call it a day. I guess we'll wrap it up. We'll see what we're going to do next week. No yeah. promises on anything. Yeah. Because that's just going to end up biting us in the ass. So, again, any feedback, questions, comments, let us know. Love. Hit us up. Boobies. Obviously, Boobie all of those things. Hit us up directly <laughs> at uh, midnightwavepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up. Follow us on Twitter at Midnight with CJ, CJ. send us a DM. I guess I'll probably follow you back, or at least I'll accept that DM. There you go. Find us on Instagram. Midnight Waves Contact Pod. John directly there. Yes. Yeah. And on the Midnight Waves Podbean yes, midnightwaves.podbean.com page, yeah. where you can leave comments or likes. Likes. And, and of course, don't like forget, that. as always, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever the fuck else. If you can subscribe and rate and yep. review and like please. and share, yes, and please do Spread keep the, the word. podcast growing. Yep, make it bigger and bigger. Like uh, have listening parties with yeah. all your friends. There you go, <laughs> listening parties. Yeah. Please make yeah. drinking games. Every time revolving around yeah some the exact same thing repeatedly every time we say poke shot. take a shot yeah. or uh like every time we say fuck <laughs> Ooh, that's very of, controversial a lot of a lot of <laughs> yeah a lot of drunkards then yeah it depends on if we, it's the shit can in feature be a lot of fucks for sure a lot of swear words yeah any hoot so right anyway until yeah. then keep washing your hands keep Staying home when you can. Keep wearing a fucking mask. And stay safe. Indeed. Bye-bye. Bye. Cups of the rose. Bitches in my old phone. I should call one and go home. I've been in this club too long. The woman that I would try is happy with a good guy. But I've been drinking so much.